Tuesday, April 8th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser and Brian White. Thanks for being here, guys. You know, it's Master's Week, Chris. You had to kind of uh, peel me away from my desk. I was just kind of surfing around the uh, the Master's website there, getting ready. Thursday's the first round. It's a good week to be Jim Nance. It you go from calling the oh national God, championship game for men's college basketball last night to heading down to Georgia for the Masters. Yeah, and I will say, like, I've had the good fortune to go to that golf tournament a few times, and that is a a lovely place and a lovely experience. I mean, just all the way around. Did you watch the game last night, Brian? Yes, I did. Great game. It was a great game. Yeah. It was an exciting game. I, I like the uh, – I like the uh, – the new co- the coach there for UConn is really, Kevin really Ollie. interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if he takes the jump into the NBA. Uh, I was impressed with him the whole run. Let's be clear. If Kevin Ollie was a stock, oh, yeah. you would, through the roof. shares would be Tesla. shooting through <laughs> the moon, just to the moon today. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We'll move off of sports. We will talk earnings season. We will talk Twitter. Let's start with earnings season because it kicks off today. Alcoa, even though it is no longer part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, Still gets the honor of being the unofficial kickoff to earnings season. And I'm curious what companies you guys are watching. Broadly, there just does not seem to be a ton of optimism about this earnings season. And there's maybe a variety of reasons for that. We have the NASDAQ and the dip that it's had in the last month or so. I think most people look at the winter we have had here in the U.S. and say there will be some ripple effect whether some companies get the benefit of the doubt more than others remains to be seen. And also, not for nothing, Jason, but 2013 was an amazing year. This is not the proverbial easy comp for a lot of companies. So when you think about this earnings season, what are you watching and what are you looking for? First of all, I thought that actually Alco was unseated. Maybe that was talked about last quarter and, and nothing was actually done. For some reason, I thought J.P. Morgan was was tapped as like the official, maybe that's the unofficial official announcement of earnings. Uh, See, unfortunately, this is, is what... making stuff up again? Well, no, know. this is one of those <laughs> things where we, we talk <laughs> did about... I, did I dream that? <laughs> no, no, I, no, it was talked about, but this, there is this? no final authority on this. Maybe not. So... It, I don't know. Chris who, makes the call. I don't yes. know. Who. I'll, I'll, I'll happily throw that ball in his court. Let's just run with Alcoa. Okay, so Alcoa. <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably safe to say that all three of us in this room here, Dan behind the glass, there. I don't think he's focused too much on Alcoa either. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, th- I think uh, you know we've seen a lot of downward guidance here, a lot of downward revisions over the course of the past few months, and it was obviously a very brutal holiday season for a lot of retailers. So I mean, I, I will be I will be interested to see how these retailers all kind of you know offer their take. On on hopefully what will be a better spring and summer season coming up, um, you know I, I think I'm looking at a lot of these IPOs. Brian and I were talking about some of these IPOs earlier, and so I'm going to be very interested to see a lot of how how these IPOs are shaking out. I'm talking about things like King Digital Media. Um, Grubhub, Grubhub. Just talked, 2014, yeah, just, 2014 IPOs, of which we've had about 50 so yeah, far. Right. Th- they'll have their first earnings report. Yeah, and I mean, you, you know, when they, when they all these IPOs just start coming out of the woodwork because they see the market at such you know lofty levels, and they're like, well, hey, this is the time to get out there, get get it while the getting's good. And it's not it's it's not to dismiss all of these IPOs and say they're all just you know uh, just not worthy, but but I, I think some of them you have to at least question. I mean, King Digital Media, I think, is valued at somewhere around. That's Close to six billion dollars, which I find hard to believe 
uh, based on just one game. And um, even even if they were able to develop a couple of more decent games, it's just those things live live such short lives. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know we'll see a lot more from these IPOs uh, in really what kind of long term strategies they they have, whether they're sustainable or not. And then just really this, the so- social media stocks. I mean, tw- Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. To me, and LinkedIn's more professional, uh, you know, professional social networking. But um, I, I think just just getting an idea of how those businesses are getting their feet underneath them, and uh, you know how how they sort of are looking to diversify their revenue streams, maybe beyond the advertising models. So there's a couple things I'm looking at. Brian, what about you? Um, I you know I, I love earnings season because you get an you get you get the opportunity to catch up with these businesses and, and learn a little bit more about them. And I usually don't pay much attention to the stock movement, but this this quarter is going to I'll pay a little bit more attention because of all the movement in the Nasdaq, some of these high flying tech stocks like Twitter, for example. I mean, Twitter if if Twitter gets kicked after reporting earnings, all of a sudden now you have you have a stock that could be trading in the thirties, and you know I think it closed after its IPO. There's I don't know. At IPO at twenty six, and I think it closed, closed around forty five, like forty two, or something. Yeah, like that. so it dropping below that, all of a sudden, you know, <clears throat> becomes a little bit more interesting. And you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Baidu, these are all names that have come down quite a bit. You know, it's it's not going to take much from the come down even further, which is interesting. Some of these names are some of the most interesting names, you know, for long term investors as you look out over a five year period and. Like you know, Chris, we I always want a cheaper price. So <laughs> I always, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. As I look, when I look back, when I'm eighty, I, you know, all my purchases, I want them at the lowest price possible. So I mean, I guess I'm biased in that sense, and I understand the other perspective. If you have a full position in Facebook, you don't want it to get kicked. Right. There's no incentive there. Are there any companies that, re- regardless of what the stock does, yeah. regardless of what the earnings for the quarter are? Are there any companies that you look at and you're circling the date saying, that's the one, that's the earnings call I want to listen to. That's the CEO. I want to hear what he or she says about X, Y, or Z. Because for me, it's Chipotle. I want to hear what Chipotle, Chipotle I was making this point to Brian earlier, I, I, and I think to you as well, Jason, yep. that for as long as I railed about Starbucks and La Boulange and that acquisition, and it finally got to Alexandria, Virginia, <laughs> The new thing I'm focused on in my stocks is the rollout by Chipotle of Shophouse and eventually the pizza concept as well. That's the thing that I'm focused on. I want to hear what their plan is and how quickly they're moving because as much as I trust the management, I have no reason not to. I'm a happy shareholder. And yet, maybe it's just because I'm by nature an impatient person. I look at that and say, come on, if this thing is working, let's get it moving. Well, I think also we all know, at, at least, I think all three of us, you've been to Shop House before, right? I have not. Not, okay. I, Brian has. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like Dan has. I mean, I, we all probably agree it's, it's really good. I mean, at least from my perspective, it is. And that's why I'd love to see him open more. Because, I mean, it takes me 45, it takes 45 minutes to get to DuPont Circle from here, man. I mean, that's just not, that's, that's unacceptable. I mean, I'd really <laughs> like, if you guys are listening, like Alexandria, Virginia, that'd be like a great place. For, yeah. You got a Chipotle lots down there, King Street. Lots of people. Throw a shop there. house right down you know, next door to it. I mean, you, you, man. So as a printing so, money. So, so as an objective analyst, you, you're <laughs> saying to Chipotle, not Chicago. This has nothing to do with me. Not Miami. No, nothing Alexandria. That's the that's market right. you should be in. Unbiased, objective baby. observations. That's what you get here on Market. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to 
I don't want to pop your bubble here, but I don't think we'll probably hear very much. Other than they no. can, the party line every quarter is the Chipotle namesake stores will continue to drive growth for the foreseeable future. Uh, but we'll probably get a little bit more insight as to, as to what they're so doing. So what's, the, what's the call you want? Well, I, I, for me, it, it seems like quarter in and quarter out, Amazon's the company. I really enjoy following the company and learning more about it. I do own some shares of Amazon. So, you know, as a shareholder, I'm, I'm obviously interested. We, we you know, use a lot uh, of Amazon in our household. But with all of these things that are that are coming up, I mean, Amazon Fresh, you know, the Fire TV that's just out. I was reading this morning where uh, they, they said their, their streaming traffic has tripled year over year. And, I mean, I, you know, I attribute that to things like, I mean, we, we talk about watching the Americans now. I mean, that's yeah. an exclusive deal they signed right there. So you can't see the Americans in the world. So the more exclusive deal, deals they sign on content like that, obviously the streaming traffic will continue to grow. And it, it, you know the drones. I mean, this little magic wand that you can wave around your kitchen to, to build up your grocery list. I mean, all these little things that this company does. It's it's just a really fun company to follow. We don't get as much as I think I'd, you know we'd, we'd like to hear on the conference calls. Any any sort of context on the prime price increase and how they see that playing out? I mean, I'll be looking for any of that stuff when they announce. Brian, what about you? Um, I usually love to uh, check in with Starbucks, Howard Schultz. Typically, he'll tell it how it is, and he'll give you kind of the uh, temperature of the of the consumer here in the U.S. And uh, he also likes to chime in on the state of retailers. So he'll, I'm sure. I mean, if you listen to his last conference call, he he pretty much uh, called out a lot of the big box retailers um, on that call, and kind of called it kind of called it as if is you know that the move to online is going to happen faster than people think um in terms of shopping we know it's been a gradual process uh most of purchases are still done in stores um but uh howard's a good one to check into it's gonna be interesting to see the move see uh his mood on the call this uh this quarter I think one more that could be interesting is on the Disney call, whenever that happens, if uh, one of the analysts yeah. Yeah. asks about succession planning, because there have yeah. been reports over the last few weeks about Bob Iger, when he's going to step down. There were the reports of Sheryl Sandberg potentially being eyed as someone on the short list, and would she leave Facebook? So whether they get questions on the Disney call about that, whether Sheryl Sandberg gets questions because she is typically front and center on the Facebook conference yeah. calls. Yeah. I think she would be a great leader there, honestly. I mean, I, I think she would bring a nice, fresh, young perspective, and she's obviously a good leader. Um, I mean, Iger has really set that company up for success. Well, I, I, Iger leaves very, will leave very big shoes to fill, but if Sheryl <laughs> Sandberg leaves Facebook, that will be a very tough act. Whoever is the uh, next yeah. chief operating officer will have a very tough act to follow. Twitter has acquired Cover an Android lock screen app that automatically picks which apps are shown on your home screen depending on where you are. It is Twitter's first acquisition that is Android-specific. Do I have this right, Jason? This this appears as though, and I have an iPhone, but if I'm reading the reports correctly, that people who have Android will have a now have a very different experience, not very different, but a different experience with Twitter on their phone than people who have iPhones. Well, I don't know necessarily that it applies just to Twitter. The way this this app works, essentially the app takes your ecosystem of apps on your Android phone, and I think we all three actually have iPhones here, so I don't think we have any real, you know, testament as far as the Android operating system goes, but it sounds like you know, this is going to take all of your apps in your Android operating system and put them front and center based on the times of day 
that you use them. So your your morning behavior where you're looking at maybe the weather or the Wall Street Journal or reading your news in some fashion, you know, it's going to put those apps right in front of you so that you, you don't have to surf through all of your apps on your phone to try to figure out which one to open. And then during your work day, it knows that you use these apps during your work day. So those apps will be front and center. And then when you go home, you know, you're using other apps, whether it be Netflix or, or you know, reading some other, you know, sort of news aggregator or something like that. So basically, it's taking this big, you know, universe of apps it's that we all keep on you. our phones pretty much. And, <laughs> but I mean, isn't everything now? I mean, I think, uh, you know, anything that we do, this is it's a given, really, that, that technology giveth and it it also taketh away. And I think for all of the convenience it gives us, it certainly takes away a little bit of our uh, privacy. But, you know, that's that's just the way it goes. And uh, But the, this thing is going to make your phone smarter. Apparently your Android phone smarter. It's going to, uh, you know, organize your, your content, your apps, uh, to, to get them front and center when it knows that you use them. Now, how, how Twitter ultimately uses this, I, I just don't know. I mean, that's what, that's what we're unclear on. It's, it's clear that this is obviously a bet on the success of the Android operating system, I and mean, it's the most popular mobile operating system out there. Uh, but I don't think that it means that they are not going to focus on Apple's iOS either. I mean, this is just something that, you know, they're, they're looking at ways to, to grow the Twitter uh, ecosystem, figure out reasons to keep people, you know, in the Twitter ecosystem. And this seems like it could be a, uh, you know, one way to do that. I had the chance yesterday afternoon to head into D.C. and I uh, had the opportunity to uh, co-host uh, a show on Federal News Radio. Oh, yeah. Uh, how'd that go? It was great. It was great nice. fun. Uh, a show called In-Depth with Francis Rose. And one of the things we talked about uh, was companies that do a lot of business with the federal government. And it was interesting because I got a perspective that I didn't really have before or hadn't really thought about before. But we talked about BlackBerry. And BlackBerry is still incredibly popular with the federal government. And, And Francis had made the point that, you know, the federal government, if you want to work with the federal government, whether it's a specific agency or Department of Defense or whatever it is, they have certain protocols and they expect you to adhere to their protocols. And so one of the reasons BlackBerry has had success is not just because of great security on the devices, but also a demonstrated willingness to work with the government. And so two million federal employees in the United States, that's a that's a market opportunity there. And on the flip side, Apple, uh, and probably to some extent Google as well, are not as used to... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> playing well with others, I guess is one way to put it, and saying, well, wait a minute, we're used to people adhering to our protocol. So it was just interesting to get that perspective in terms of what you know, what is expected of each side. Yeah, I think the neat thing about Google and Apple, I mean, I, I applaud them both because they are really good at helping sort of dictate our behavior. They They help sort of shape our behaviors. I think that's what Steve Jobs was so good at. Uh, was finding the things that we wanted before we even really knew that we wanted them. Um, you know, BlackBerry obviously. I don't. I don't think they have that dynamic at all. But you know, like you said, I mean, the the federal government, it, while it's not a, a robust and growing market opportunity, it is a market opportunity. If they can cater that very one. Well, they can exist. They'll just do it as a small company. Brian, you don't own shares of Twitter. Is that correct? No. Suffice to say, you are rooting for a bad earnings report or bad guidance to kill the stock. 
not kill the stock, but to knock it down because you want to get it cheaper. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I own shares of Twitter, and I'm you pulling for a now. bad report. Really? I, well, yeah, because I mean, like, I, I I opened my position in Twitter with the full knowledge that this was not the only time I was going to buy shares. Like, okay. I bought a small starting position so I could keep my my eyes on the stock and get some skin in the game. I would because I plan on holding these shares indefinitely. Really, I mean, unless something fundamentally changes with the business, but yeah, I would love to see him mess the bed this earnings season. You know, send that stock down, and I'll, I'll as long as everything looks okay from the longer, longer uh, perspective. There, I'll happily sweep up a few more shares. Yeah, and Twitter's got some work to do. So, I mean, I'm going to pay much more attention to what they talk about in terms of the business and their vision for the future. You know, and then the stock movement is secondary. So they still have they still have some work to do. Two things before we wrap up. First, I have to say a big thank you to longtime listener Tim Casby, who is in town. He works in Russia. He is in D.C. on business. He stopped by the office. Uh, His schedule was such he was hoping to be here for the taping, and just his time got sort of crunched, and so he wasn't able to be here. But he was uh, first of all, he said some very, very complimentary things about market foolery and what it's like to be someone who's far away from the U.S. and the benefit of having uh, a lone set of voices of of sanity away from a work environment that <laughs> maybe is a little a crazy when you're far away from home. So it was it was just very nice. And on top of that, he brought tribute in the form of Legend of Kremlin premium Russian vodka, distilled and bottled in Russia. And it says at the bottom of the box, guys, since 1430. Wow, so nice. this is premium vodka. It's been around a long time. I'm assuming they're very good at what they do. They've had the chance to uh, get their process just right. That's so, very nice. Um, and contrary to your hopes before we started taping, Jason, we will not be cracking this open <laughs> before the end of taping. But as far as the listeners know. As far as the listeners know, exactly. Um, final story. It is, once again, free cone day, thanks to the people Whoa. at Ben & Jerry's. Oh. So if you're listening to this and it's still daylight where you are and you can get to a Ben & Jerry's, get yourself a free cone. What is your go-to ice cream flavor of choice? And I'm talking, Brian, the desert island. You get okay. one flavor right, for the it. rest of your life. And it doesn't have to be Ben & Jerry's. It can be another brand. But what are you going with? Peanut butter cup. That's right, a good choice. Well. I can respect that. You? So, I, you know, I am going to stick with the Ben & Jerry's thing because I, I normally like, you know, your strawberries and black raspberries. But one – uh, ice cream that has just gotten me hooked, man. Ben and Jerry's half baked. It is. It is. You know, it's the brownies and the chocolate. Sounds chip like it's very popular in, in Colorado and Washington <laughs> State. That's what it sounds like. Quite possibly, but I can understand why. What, what it's is really it? Really good. So it, it's like a, a vanilla and fudge. Uh, swirl ice cream, but it has these uh, brownie chunks and chocolate chip cookie dough chunks in it. And man, oh man, it, if anybody out there has had it, you know what I'm talking about. That's good stuff. I'm actually going to go off the board, off the Ben & Jerry's board, because Baskin & Robbins, their chocolate chip is, yeah. for my money, the best. Because they, the chips are so small. They're just like these little shavings. They just melt in your mouth. Nice. Again, it's just you get one flavor for the rest of your life. Dan Boyd, do you want to jump in here? Can we get you? No? Dan's shaking his head. you want to mouth it? We could try to read lips. <laughs> no. He's just staring right. at that bottle of vodka. <laughs> 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 On that note, Brian White, Jason Moser, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Pool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fuller. The show is mixed by the reticent Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 